So, from fingers to hand, we've got the gun with the missing bullet. Mmm. That feels like a, a an oddly Bond uh, yes. a title, isn't it? The gun it's, with it's, the missing bullet. This isn't fingers to hand's fault. But it's not a very knobby noir. Uh, like, uh, uh, How would they know? How would they know we were coming up with knobby noir? It's actually kind of a... You know, actually that's like a normal. That is actually how... That, that's an actual murder so, mystery, isn't it? So yeah. that murder mystery is going on while knobby noir is also there. Yeah. There's another detective on the yeah. case. Oh, it's a team up with another... It's a crossover. Another, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a crossover... With Poirot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crossover with... Um, uh, like, who's who's a more modern times... I mean, it could be it could be a crossover with Benoit Blanc, but they're, a little, they're both a little bit sort of, like, kooky. Yeah. Um, it's a crossover with Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock. Yeah, there you go. The... There you go. Benedict Cumberbatch is going to solve this mystery within the first th- three seconds. Yeah. Um, we're not going to be privy to any of it, <laughs> and uh, they'll spend the rest of the time ah. running around. So, so, um, so, Nobby yeah. Noir and <laughs> Nobby Noir turns a corner the wrong way in London and finds yeah. Sherlock Holmes, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, figuring out that this guy was shot by this gun held by this person. <laughs> Um, yeah. They go, oh bloody hell, Sherlock! That's the quickest you've <laughs> you've figured a, a, a case out. Well, I'm a I'm a huge fan of your work. Uh, do you want <laughs> do you want to go hit a club? Uh, do you want to do you want to go comic book uh, <laughs> comic book shopping? And Sherlock Holmes is like, yes, sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and and the whole film is then just going comic book shopping. Um, and talking about different comic books which ones they like because it does have to always end with just him hanging out with someone and just mucking about yeah yeah. someone famous but like this this is this is a real sort of like the the case is solved in the first three minutes of of at least an hour and a half yeah and then the rest mm-hmm. is just yeah. it it's a Kevin Smith movie. It's it's them just talking about comic books, recommending them, and going on nerdy rants uh for an hour and a half. Um and that's that's that I think. The the gun with the missing bullet. <laughs> gun with a missing bullet, more like a film with a missing plot. Uh, the Guardian. Yeah. Um <laughs> I think there's some fun to be had with like I think there's some fun to be had with, with uh, you know, Sherlock trying his very hardest to, to be pouty and moody and, 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 and think about things, like, very hard and, and sort of, like, deduce things while, while, while Nobby Noir is just, like, sort of busting through a wall. I'm sort of adding Mr. Blobby's <laughs> I can say, yeah, it's stuff Mr. Blobby. He <laughs> was supposed to be a bit slapstick anyway, wasn't he, Nobby? So, yeah. 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 Um, there's a scene know, in the of... comic book shop where he just, he falls over and <laughs> loads of bookshelves fall over. Yeah. There's a load of comic books. It, it's books all over the place. <laughs> I like I like the idea that like um uh Sherlock Holmes is trying to figure out um who is the, the, the like this gun with the missing bullet it was a prop gun 
um, that isn't supposed to be able to be fired because it's, you know, I'm going to try and bring these comics into it. Yeah. The, um, uh, like, because it was, it was a prop from, like, the publicity of this brand new comic. Mm. And the thing that's happened is, is like, no one's been shot, someone's missing, uh, and there's no body with a gunshot wound in it. But, like, um, the, the gun is missing a bullet, and it has all the signs of being shot. Yeah. Like, someone yeah. heard a gunshot. Yeah. There was but everybody, a, there was the mystery like, is that um, everyone seems to be fine. There's, yeah, there's, there's blood. <laughs> um, maybe there's some blood, but no, but no like, um, yeah. uh, no body. There's a scene um, of a murder, then, but there's no body. And then at some point, Nobby Noir, like, goes and picks up this, like, big framed, um, uh, very, very limited edition poster of something. Like, it's in, like it's hanging in an art mm. gallery for this publicity event sort of thing. And, um, you know, Sherlock's standing there, like, stroking his chin, like, mmm, because the, the blood just perfectly frames the thing. If they were over there, he's doing scatter, like, you know, blood spat, uh, spatter and analysis in his brain. And then Nobby just kind of picks up the whole frame and then the alarms all go off and he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, it's dusty. The frame's dusty. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna clean the frame off, um, and then it, that's a whole new uh, clue. Turns out that that frame's been there for ages, uh, meaning that this room used to be the uh, someone's personal collection, which of course means that it's got a vault below, and that's where uh. the body went. Uh. I, I genuinely think the last murder mystery I watched was was Knives Out, and it was very Definitely. much a kind of refreshing of the genre because mm-hmm. yeah. the one I watched before that was uh, Murder on the Orient Express yeah. and actually that Ken Branagh version was the first time I've ever seen Murder on the Orient Express mm. I already indeed read it yeah I no I still haven't the the only the, the only reference the only reason I knew what happened at the end of Murder on the Orient Express oh, well don't Express tell me because I haven't seen it and I don't know is because I've heard about it in, in a um in a uh, Richard Herring ah. stand-up bit. Ah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. there's... Um, so, so I may like, also have heard that, but I don't remember it. So I'm good. I can still watch Murder <laughs> on the Orient Express and not know. Um, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a famous clip of him shutting down a heckler that sort of like went viral when right. things just started to go viral. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, point being, that's like it, it was. It's really funny because it was like it wasn't the same year, was it? It was one or two years apart. Oh, uh, yeah. Express and yeah, I think Murder on the Express was like 2017. Knives Out was 2019, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but it was. It's kind of fun to see those two. Like, hey, we're gonna Ken Branagh's there. Like, hey, I'm gonna refresh the murder mysteries genre by making sure you can see the concern on all these very, <laughs> very famous actors' faces. We're gonna zoom right in on them. We're gonna. We're gonna make sure that you can see Leslie Odom Jr.'s tiny little wrinkles between his fore- forehead, so that you can really tell how concerned he is that he's being interrogated. Um, and then, uh, and then you just have like knives out comes out, and it's just like we uh, we made Daniel Craig do a southern fried accent. And, uh, <laughs> We're just gonna be silly. And we just had a yeah, we just and have him call, call a child a Nazi, and, and, and that's my last you know. uh, my last murder mystery isn't knives out. It's that I've nearly finished reading 
Bleak House by Charles Dickens. Look out. Look, Jesus. Jesus. I've had this book since the TV version, which was, what, 2011 or something? Yeah. And, or, or earlier, I don't know. Yeah. And I've been like, I've had the, as soon as it finished, we bought the DVD because it was brilliant. And I'm like, but I'm going to read the book first. So I've had this on my shelf. And I read like the first chapter. I was like, that was a good first chapter. And then could never get into it <laughs> and i'm obsessed with it now i ravenously every day i'm like yeah fuck all this other stuff i want to do i want to read more bleak house i'm annoyed i'm near the end but like you know there's lots more dickens i can fucking read um, <laughs> yeah there's quite a lot of dickens it's well good and it's it's not a murder mystery but there's a there's a section of it that is a murder mystery and it's mm. oh it's dead good <laughs> I was, I, you, you might be the first contemporary of mine that yeah. I've ever heard yeah. say that they've enjoyed reading Dickens I know I know It's the, I don't get it because as I'm reading it it's like great like it's uh, uh, like there's a bit okay there's a bit every, every, you reckon that Dickens is going to be a load of people in top hats and they've got interesting names but and it is that <laughs> But there's a there's a bit where two people with top hats and interesting names are in this old dusty house and suddenly without any explanation human fat starts drooling through and out of the walls and cracks and they realize they've been leaning in it and they're covered in it and they're covered in human fat melted human fat and they don't know where it's coming from Stuff like that happens in this book. It's dead good. That's a very bleak house. Yeah, it's a really bleak... That's not even bleak house. That's a different house. That's not even in the bleak house. Do you know what the irony irony is? Bleak house is a nice house. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't make it up. Unbelievable. You couldn't. You couldn't. Well, someone did, but you couldn't. (laughs) No, it's good. Anyway, it's a, it's good. so that's my last detective uh, murder mystery. Tom, what was what was your oh, last, so, um, last murder mystery? I, I think my last one was uh, last night in Soho. It's I don't think it's a detective mm. murder mystery, oh, but it's it's got story. it's got a murder in it, and You're there's right there. yeah, and there's it's, mystery yeah, it's kind yeah. of adjacent, isn't it? Okay, that yeah. is also that's my second to last, if that counts. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> there's no reason why I mean, it doesn't the only yeah. reason why it feels like it doesn't is because you think that a murder mystery has a deliberate detective who knows they're a detective and is deliberately detecting whereas in yeah. that it doesn't have to be does it like if no. you the audience and the protagonist all both want to know what's going on and then find out that, that yeah. can count can't it yeah she, she's yeah. she's trying to find out who killed someone that's mm. she yeah. is the detective in that and yeah. she's the detective by uh, by going to bed and dreaming about something that happened in the past that's yeah. that's the detective is, is there, part of it i guess i guess like because yeah. i haven't seen it is there a kind of like a roster of suspects yeah yeah in a way yeah there, no the, yeah do you know what yes there actually is yes yeah yeah so yeah, yeah, that works as a as not a, a very big that's, roster, but yeah, no, no, <laughs> that's that's like how I would separate murder mystery from uh, conspiracy thriller or mm. like mm. Uh, sort of supernatural thriller, right? Is that like if there are a number of people who you're trying to dis- uh, discern which one was the one what done the killing, and they all had opportunity to do so, um, then yeah. you're probably talking about a murder mystery. Yeah. Um, whereas if it's like, you know, the forces beyond, uh, like, mm. 
either supernaturally or uh, mm. economically have have somehow created the, the environment for this person to die, then probably you're talking about a thriller. However, it would be cool if there was a number of different supernatural elements that could have been the killer and you're finding out which one it was. That'd be, <laughs> that would be pretty good. Yeah. Which... which... Uh, oh! <laughs> Is is that is that not just like the what you would want from a Goosebumps movie? I guess I don't know. I'm t- I'm too old for Goosebumps. It happened after I was already grown up. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I really like the idea of uh, of this murder being done by uh, a by a by a a lineup of historical ghostly figures. Yeah. So you've got the the yeah. ghost of George Washington. Yeah. Uh, Churchill, Bill Murray, yeah. uh, Bill Murray, um, yeah. um, <laughs> the ghost of Bill Murray. Yeah, he'll be dead one day. No, I was gonna say, ghost of George Washington was is played by. Bill oh Murray. right, oh, okay. that's a good yeah. idea. Who did I think Bill Murray would be good at playing? Oh, right. This is it's an odd pick, but I was watching. What's that film that's like? Um, oh, it's what's right. Let's go back a few stages. Who's the bloke who did? Those films that look like they're little uh, doll's house cartoon frames. Wes Anderson. Yes. What's the (laughs) film he did where the two children run away together and Bill Murray's Moonrise Kingdom. Yes. When I was watching that, I was looking at Bill Murray and I was going, you know who he'd be good at playing in a a comedy uh, biopic about? Uh. George Lucas. It's a weird pick, but it'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Who would you Who would you have though as like a young George Lucas mm. who's gonna? Yeah, you'd have to have someone gonna eventually, you? like, because yeah. you because you gotta have him like uh, experiencing <laughs> uh, experiencing life as he sort of pines for the American graffiti era. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> yeah. Of, you know, he just he just really likes putting cars together and has no interest in movies at all until someone tells him <laughs> that he can make... You get Imagine a biopic about, about a director where like, it starts like, hey, George, you want to go and see a movie? No. <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of almost what happens. Like, yeah, he, I feel as if that would actually be suitable for a George yeah, Lucas movie. Well, like, just sort of hear him talk about his life. Like, he was just a guy who wanted to he had like a real obsession with cars and motors and stuff like that and only when someone said they were studying making films at college that he had any interest in college yeah. or in making films <laughs> like yeah but i mean like I, I guess that's true but in like every biopic i've ever seen mm. is like you know is really seeding the <laughs> like the, it's it's the director's job almost yeah. to create a, it's the screenwriter's <laughs> job to create a version of this person's life yeah. where it seems like all the pieces come together yeah, yeah. to make <laughs> the perfect uh, uh, runner, director, like yeah. competitor, whatever. Okay, so it'd be, hey George, hey George, do you want to go and see a movie? And he'll go, can we go in a car? <laughs> <laughs> can we go? And so, and so he sits on top of his car uh, in the drive-in movie theater, 
um, <laughs> looking at all the other cars, yeah. not paying any attention yeah. to the movie at all. But every night, yeah, not learning he goes anything about same... filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, no. He every spends night he the whole the film. He spent every, all the way through the film. Events conspire to prevent him finding out how to make an entertaining film. <laughs> 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 like when he's at the drive-in, he's only looking at cars, and it goes on like that throughout. Yeah, I, I really like how this movie would ultimately skip over the making of Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then Star Wars happened, but what he really yeah. wanted was to, was to focus on making cars. Yeah. Yeah, we do it in a sort of Steve Jobs way, right? Like, yeah. we, do it in a, a, yes. we do a time skip to after Star Wars yeah. comes out. Yes. Star, Wars, Star Wars is a mere footnote in this man's obsession with automobiles. I we, almost we, feel we like that's how he thinks over the of it, course you know? of three cars, <laughs> <laughs> three drives. Well, I mean, Wait, if yeah. you ever if you ever watch like a, a recent interview with George Lucas, like he hates the Hollywood system. Mm-hmm. He he hates just like making movies in general. <laughs> yeah, I think he thinks. I think he always was a man who had access to a camera and was mucking about with it, and yeah. like yeah, and but He's was a tinkerer. Yeah, but was really pretentious about the things he was filming cars yeah. and flash gordon <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like um and that's why when you when you uh listen to um david lynch talk about when george lucas tried to get him to de- direct a star wars <laughs> oh my god um it, it's just like he all, all he's, he's not talking about any any story whatsoever mm. all he's doing is showing him props yeah. and showing him cameras and like uh, and and like uh, David Lynch is like, and I started to get this migraine, uh, and I, I, I said, I gotta get out of here. Uh. <laughs> that sounds to me like a very polite way of describing talking to someone completely impossible to listen to without blacking out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I just can't listen to you anymore. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to leave the room. Yeah. <laughs> I've met people like that, right? Yeah. Oh, yep, yep. And uh, the the more the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, oh yeah, no, no. He is he is obsessed with like technology because, mm. like the the more the more movies he made, it came with another technological innovation. Yeah, like, yeah he just likes he likes pressing buttons, and it goes back to the choke yeah. in an old car. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of it's a film just about a man who's obsessed with pressing buttons. <laughs> 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 Putting, it's putting sort of stuff like uh, Gabe Newell from Valve, right? Like with with Half Life and and mm. Portal and all that sort of thing. They're like, we're not making another game properly until there's a massive technological innovation. Because <laughs> Half Life One and Half Life Two came at the at the kind of dawn of these huge jumps in technological right. um, kind of that innovation. Was when, that was when games could be three D, and then Portal yeah. happened when games could be on Steam and then they haven't made any more games and now they're waiting until <laughs> yeah. until we all completely accept 3D and then then we get it was, the next big It was one. like Half-Life happened when games could be 3D um, uh, Half-Life 2 happened when physics yeah. uh, engines started getting really good yeah. and like free roaming and big big enough levels could have been uh, could be really good and like you have like the gravity gun and you're firing saw blades at things and you know there's all that sort of thing that they could do um and then uh, uh and then like they they were they're, they're just gonna wait until half-life three until there's a massive technological innovation but it's never gonna come mm. it's just it's, it's never gonna happen and mm. uh you know portal was the same thing it's like we can render these like 
we can render spaces through other spaces. Um, it like that's the technology we, we're exploiting. Great. What's the next big step? Don't worry about it. We're we're making a a, a VR game about you working at Aperture now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this film about George Lucas should end uh, where he's on the set of Game of Thrones. Um, right. Pure, purely, <laughs> purely, just sort of sidestepping across any kind of Star Wars related yes. bit, and just him talking with Kit Harrington. Uh, <laughs> Just played by Kit Harrington. It's Bill Murray yeah, yeah. as George Lucas, and he's just like, yeah. "Yeah, uh, I kind of wish there were more lightsabers in, uh, in Game of Thrones." And then cut to credits. In Iris, in Iris, that's the one concession of Star in the entire film. The, the credits roll and it is just on a star field with like the blue yeah. text and everything. It just, it's like secretly a Star Wars movie that brushes over <laughs> everything to do with Star Wars up until the credits. Hello, just want to say thank you for listening to the Life's of Pitch deleted scenes. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, maybe consider sharing it with your friends on social media, by word of mouth, anywhere really. Maybe put it onto a, a thumb drive and just throw it at someone. And maybe even reviewing it on wherever you got it. If you find it somewhere on iTunes or Acast or wherever, maybe review it there. Five stars, thumbs up, give everyone the heads up. Like I said before, thank you. Cheers. Right. Bye. Bye.